Last Sunday, we began talking about humility, and we have just kind of zeroed in on Jesus Christ. And I told you last Wednesday that one of the things that has kind of stuck out in my mind is the fact that the ministry, the arrival and the ministry of Jesus was identified with, of all animals, a donkey. I, I mentioned that Wednesday. And the donkey is considered, you know, uh, just... He, he doesn't, a donkey don't win races. And a, a donkey is a lowly beast. The Bible describes that animal that way. And that's, of all the animals, the king of kings and the lord of lords left heaven, and a donkey is what uh, symbolizes him. And we spent a lot of time talking about just what it looked like and, and things Jesus had to do in order to leave heaven to come down here. We didn't make it down to earth. We didn't make it to the manger last week. We will this week in just a minute. But we tried to tell everybody and understand that when Jesus left heaven, folks, he had to leave everything, worship and praise and honor and all the attention to come down to the complete opposite of that. No reputation. He had to humble himself in order to do that. The Bible said he also um, was willing to do it and not think, and this is kind of almost getting us started today, not think. He was getting robbed or shafted. I want to say that word because you might understand it better. He didn't think, well, there's three straws, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I got the, I got the low end. I got the bad straw. I got to go down there and be born in a manger, leave all this. He, he, the Bible says he didn't feel that way about it. He felt as equal as if he would have never left. He, he didn't think that he was getting robbed. But that's what humility looks like. But before leaving, we took our scripture from Second uh, Philippians, and there's a, just a few things, and, and I was going to read all those scriptures, Derek, but I, I think what I'm going to do today is just real quick remind all of you of what I did Wednesday night, is that we're to have love, the same love, one mind and one accord. We talked about you got to have a consistent love because, see, before you can have humility, which is what Jesus arrived in and kept the whole time. That's the attitude he had. There had to be a unity with the Father and the Son. There had to be a unity in heaven that gives you a feeling of not being robbed. So Paul wrote and said that we've got to have the same love, one for another, and that's a consistent love. And he also said that everything we do, we can't let it be done through strife or selfish ambition or vainglory. That's a pure love. That means I'm doing it really because I genuinely want to do it for you. And then we talked about that preferred love. I, I, I want to do it for you. I'm, I'm taking me out of the equation. I don't matter. I, I'm dead, man. My life is here for you. That's what a preferred love. I, I prefer you over me. And then the last thing. And that was letting each of us esteem others better than ourselves. And the last one was actually a concerned love. I'm doing this out of concern. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of uh, 
profiling you to see what's in your life and what you are lacking or what's going on, what you need, the people around me. And that's what a concerned love will do. It will make you evaluate other people's needs more than your wants. That might be the best thing I say all day. Concerned love will make you evaluate other people's needs more than your wants. Right now, need ain't on the list, is it? What's on the list? Want. I want. I would like. Well, you don't have to get me anything, but I said yesterday or the other day, don't have to get me anything. Just socks and underwear is fine. And you know what I said that? And I, I, you say that, why did you say underwear? Because somebody wasn't listening, but when I said underwear, they started listening. I, I do that occasionally sometimes because it works. Anyway, but that was still saying what I wanted. When you have a concerned love, I'm, I'm more concerned about your wants. I mean, your need than my wants. And then Wednesday night, when we talked about this some more. Now, if you didn't watch Wednesday night, all the teams that were here this morning, I said, listen, if you hadn't done it, you need to go do it. And I'm asking you to do that before this Wednesday night. And you need to make notes because I asked you about some notes. But I, I used the Good Samaritan because the Good Samaritan shows us what a concern, what a preferred, what a pure, and what a consistent love looks like. Number one, he was a different race. He had a whole different culture, different background. These, these people were not to associate with anybody else. But the Bible tells us that the Good Samaritan, not the church people, but the Good Samaritan, the person who had no business doing it in the world's eyes, he came to where... The man that was beaten and left for dead, he, he came to where he was. He didn't walk on the other side of the street. And he also, when he got there, he saw, so he evaluated the man's need. And then the Bible says he had compassion on him. And there was a challenge that I put in there on Wednesday night. I'm not going to spend any time talking about that today. I want you to go do that so you can do those things. And I'm telling you, folks, We've been praying about everything from revival to miracles to breakthroughs in your life and all that. These things happen when unity is alive and in action and true love because that's how we are broken and that's how we have humility and we love one another. That's, that's what that happens. That's what happens when we have that. So today, I want to start by telling you since we opened the church or, or moved into this building in 2004, the very first singing group we had here was Vitaly. After that, I'm probably going to miss somebody, but we've had them, we've had the Isaacs, we've had Brian Free, we've had uh, Avalon, we've had Jason Crabb, we've had Michael Combs, we've probably had more and I can't remember, we've had others, but just about with every one of those groups, their, their agency, their booking agency, when you are communicating and you're getting financials and all that in place and dates in place, they will email or either mail you what's called a writer. 
And in that rider are requirements. Requests, but they're requirements. One of them naturally is financial requirements. There may be things like housing requirements or food requirements or equipment requirements or volunteer requirements, but it's called a rider, and it's the requirements. It's, it's what they need or what they prefer to have in place for them to be able to, in most cases, and I hate to say it, perform uh, and give you the best performance they can give. It's called a rider. Well, Jesus Christ in Luke 2 is where I'm going. When Jesus did leave heaven and he came down here to earth to a manger, there was absolutely... Now, he was more popular and famous than any name I just called to you. But before he came to earth, do you know what his rider was? His rider was nothing. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, and they'll put it on the screen. You, you know this because this is the, the Christmas story. It says, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing uh, Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, which is the tribe of Judah, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, wife who was with child. So it was. While they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And God, just anoint me, I ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to tell you that when Jesus arrived, he made that complete opposite end of the spectrum I said last week from the glory and splendor of heaven. The manger didn't look anything like what he had left. He had no requirements when he came. He had no requirements the whole time he was here. And what I just read you, one thing I would like for you to remember or jot down or go back and listen to later is that he was wrapped in swaddling clothes, and this is important because this is something that people struggle with today. He had no wardrobe requirements. He didn't say, I'm going to come, but when I come, I really want a nice, soft robe. I, I want a robe that, that just symbolizes who I am. In fact, I, I would like for it to be laced with gold. I want it to be different, Father, than anybody else's robe. I want it to really have a lot of bling because I want people to know I am here and I'm about to do a great thing for them. 
He had no wardrobe requirement at all. None. The Bible also says that when he was born, that they laid him in a manger. So he had not only no wardrobe requirement, but he had no living requirement. You know, I was in Lowe's yesterday picking up a door, hey, that some of you helped me buy. You know, all those gift cards from Pastor Appreciation Day, I thank you for my back screen door. You paid a big, big part of that $300 door and that $60 door handle you had to get to go with it. Anyway, things have gone up is all I can say. But I, I, I said yesterday, I said, thank God for the church, the great, sweet people. He didn't have any living requirements, whether it was a manger, his house, his door. And a lot of people, we spend a lot of time, and I'm not, not talking because I just told you what I'm, I'm, my current project is, but he didn't have any type of fixer-up request. He didn't have any requirements concerning. He just said, Father, I'm willing to leave, and I'm willing to do your will. And this is where I'm going to spend a few minutes this morning. I want to talk about this for a minute, and I want you to understand it, so I'm going to say it several times today because you and I live in a world where we have requirements. We have requirements in our own house. We have requirements or demands in some cases when it comes to our friends. We even have requirements, even though they might be unspoken, when we come to church. There are certain things that we just expect and we actually privately require and when we don't require, when we don't get those requirements met, Sometimes we just can't seem to fellowship anymore. And that's not the case all the time. I'm just telling you, I'm speaking of the body of Christ as a whole. We have requirements. And, and, and we have requirements to a, 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 a level and a degree that if, if these requirements are not met, let me just start with our friends. If our friends do not give us feedback, if our friends do not give us satisfaction or acceptance, if our friends do not generate what we're looking for, if they cannot meet these requirements, you can't be my friend no more, and I'm not going to be a part of your posse anymore. Posse is what we used to call for our, our group. Anyway, we have all these requirements. We have requirements when it comes to, you know, I can go, I can go deep in church. You, you know, we have praise and worship requirements, how long it should last, how long it shouldn't last. We have preaching requirements. We have message requirements. We don't preach about that. You talk about that too much. I'm uncomfortable with that. We have requirements. Uh, you know, I, I don't like the way the chairs are so far apart. The chairs are not far enough apart. I, I don't like it because there, there's smoke going by your face right now but I like it when all the cute characters come out and I can really see them really good. We've got all kinds of requirements. We've got requirements down to God. God, I will do this for you, but I need you to do this. I, I'm requiring you to do this. 
In the Bible, we hear a lot about Gideon's fleece. You know, God, if you want me to do this, I'll make it wet. No, make it dry. No, make it wet again. We've got all these requirements, and when your Lord and Savior came to this earth, he had no requirements. He left everything and came to nothing, and he was good with it. In fact, it's like he just looked down and said, manger, hay, animal, animal urine, animal droppings. Manger, that'll do. That's fine. I'm good with that. Hay, ripped up. I don't care. I'm not going to be here long at all. That's fine with me. He had no requirements. And when, when you get to a place, say, I feel the Spirit of the Lord when I start going down this road right here. When you can arrive at the place where you have absolutely no more requirements in your life, you will take on a wardrobe of humility. People will know about this. God will approve of your life and God will take you because he that lowers himself and humbles himself and, and, and you're good with it. God, I don't want this cancer sentence. I don't want this foreclosure. I don't want this feeling this need and I can't provide for my family. I, but I will take it. God says when you get to a place in your life where you're okay with that, I know that everybody else is laughing at it and it's not what everybody else is doing. But God, I am more than okay with that. God says when you humble yourself, guess what he does? He says, uh-uh, you're not going to stay there. When you get there, I'm waiting to exalt you and lift you up above everybody else. And I can show you that in the Bible. You see, it's not popular. It's not cool. It's not going to make me feel good because I've got requirements, you see. God, I will worship you, but I wasn't raised that way where people stand and they hold their hands in the air. So I'll praise you like this. Now, I, I, you know, I, man, I'm, I, I am so baffled when I'm up here on the stage trying to keep up. It, it was really obvious today. I stayed baffled the whole time. Anyway... I don't look at people. I can't look at people. I don't know what people do, so I'm saying that. I don't know how you worship. My mind's not on you when we are worshiping, by the way. But you might have a requirement when it comes to worshiping God. God, I, I'm not going to do that. I, my requirement is you're just going to have to take me like this. I can't let loose. I can't just give you all. But now, if I was at... The ball game a week ago, I was hoarse on Saturday and my arms were hurt from raising them in the air like that. You see, and I think these are the things. Does everybody hear me this morning right now? Okay, because, you know, I'm walking there. I think that's, that's the place we've got to visit right now in our lives because when you get to a place where you say, well, Lord, I've been requiring this. I have requirements, you know, but but I'm ready to deal with my requirements. I'm ready to get rid of my requirements, and my only requirement is the same requirement that, Lord, my requirement is just to please you, Father. I'm requiring myself to please Him, but as far as the world goes, I don't have no requirements, and I'm asking God to help me. I want to get there. I want to get there quick. I don't have no requirements of people I pastor. I don't have no requirements of my family. I don't even want to have expectations. God, I just 
want to be in love with you. I just want to fulfill your call on my life, the steps you are ordering. I want to stay humble and say, God, that's good enough. That'll do. Thank you for my daily bread today. And it might have mold on it, and it might be bread that you threw out. But God, I still thank you today for my daily bread. And God says when you can get there, you're in the sweet spot of heaven and I'm going to do for you what none of your friends are going to see, what none of your friends are going to have. Nobody else around you is going to experience that because they all have requirements. I've got to be seen. I've got to be noticed. I've got to be like, that's my requirements. I can't come to church on Wednesday because it'll take me away from it. That's my requirement, God. I'll do what I can when I can, but it can't interfere with my life. And if God's not your life, even as a teenager or as a child, if God is not your life, you're not going to please the one that can hook you up the most. You're not going to please him. And so you're going to have to just generate your own blessing. You're going to have to generate your own need being met. You're going to have to generate your own door being open because you, you can't quit requiring. See, you got to stop requiring and just say, God, here I am, and that's fine with me. Where I am, you know, I'm going to say this because I, I, feel, I feel a heart to really talk a lot to our, our teens, our youth today. I'm talking nobody's off limits here. But I want to just say something for a moment, and I don't have a whole lot more. But one of the things that I struggled with when I was a teenager, I had acne bad. I was so embarrassed, man. I'm, I'm talking about, man, it hit me when I was 12. And it hit me hard. I've never, I've never talked about this in 30 years, never. So this has got to be the Holy Ghost is all I can say. But I was ashamed and I would even beat my family to making fun of me because I just, hey man, this is this is this is the way you can deal with this. Now you know I get mad or not like that. I, I make a joke out of everything. I mean everything. I make a joke out of everything, you know. And I got three siblings that can, you know, testify to that. But but I remember. Um, when I was 16 years old, there was a product that they come out with. Now, there's been a lot of controversy since then. I, I mean, there's even been set up. It was called Accutane. Now, I know what some of y'all are thinking. Okay, I heard about that stuff, and that explains a lot about Opie now. Okay, but I was 16 years old. And mom and daddy really didn't have, you know, insurance, couldn't do it. So I worked a job, and I would go to Pinehurst Dermatology. And I was on that stuff for, I don't know, a year or two. And, and it had some side effects as far as what it did. It dried your glands, face, whatever. But it, but it worked. I'm, I'm going down that road because I want somebody to hear, hear something that's a lot better than what I'm saying. What I want you to hear is, see, I had, a re I had a personal requirement that I was tired of being embarrassed, not with my family, but around my friends. Uh, I was tired of looking in the mirror and, man, look, 
You can't put concealer on a 16-year-old pimple face. You hear me? Not when you are a white honky like me and red bumps look like you've got LED lights installed on your face. Foundation don't work on a 16-year-old boy, okay? And I remember, like I'm talking to you, I didn't care that my lips got so dry that they cracked. I didn't care about all that because I had one requirement. I was tired of being embarrassed. I was willing to work my butt off to pay for it, to get it so I could have it, and I did that. But see, when you get to, a, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm, what, my point, I'm trying to, God help me get through here quick. My point is, folks, when you get to a place where God requirements is killing me, the only, and I'm willing to do whatever. I'm willing to step outside the circle. I'm willing to just to, to quit whatever I got to do to be in church all the time, to have my children in church all the time, to make sure that, that I'm available all the time. The, I, the requirement I now have, Lord, is to please you and everything, and I'm doing whatever I got to do. See, when you get to the place where you'll leave heaven for people, whether you'll spend money to buy Accutane or you'll quit your job or you'll hang with new friends that do know about Jesus when you are willing to leave all the requirements away from you and outside of you then God can clear up your life and he can make you better than what you've ever had before in your life I don't know if a thing I just said made any sense at all I don't I don't and I'll get home and I'll struggle with this but I do, but I, I do want to tell you this. The more requirements you start removing from your life, the more humility will start defining your life. You start removing requirements today. No, I don't have to have this. Got to have that. I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to leave it all. This is just fine, Lord. It's not popular. It's not. Fluffy, it doesn't fit, but, but it's fine. I'm good with that. I'm good with the doctor. I'm good with chemo. I, I'm, I'm, I'm good with being confined. I, I'm good with, with being unemployed. I'm good with not having a spouse. I'm good with not having a boyfriend or girlfriend during Christmas. I'm good with not having the iPhone 24. I'm good with it, God. I'm good with what you got me with right now. I'm good with it, God. When you can get to the place where you're just good with it, when you're just humble with it, when you start removing all those things in your life, then humility will be how people describe who you are. They'll do it. And then God will say, well, this is what I got. And I, God's always been people-minded, everything you did. And this is just a quick little thing. I want you to remember that Jesus was willing to heaven to come for us. He was willing to leave heaven to come for us. There to there. The shepherds were willing to leave their flocks to go to him. It doesn't matter what you're going through. So Jesus came for us, but then God had somebody in place to go to him. doesn't matter what you're going through. If we will humble ourselves and be the body and remove requirements out of the way, like Jesus, I don't have and I'm just here to do the job. I'll do, then this is what will take place in our lives, folks. God will say, you know what? I'm going to send you to somebody that needs you today. 
they're going to commit suicide, but you're going to call them, and they're going to wonder, how did you know to call me now? Are you going to go buy them a bag of groceries? How did you know? God says, when you are mindful of him and you have no requirements concerning you anymore, then God will use you as an angel of light in somebody's darkest hour. I've seen it many times. God will do that. God will do that. And, and, and I'm going to just tell you this in closing. It's, it's just awesome that God's always had somebody in place. And you've got to remember this, church, with the way the world is and everything's going, and as bad as your news can be, as bad as my news can be, whatever God has us to do, as lowly as that might seem and come across to people, and I really wish you wouldn't ask me to do that. I wish you'd ask me to do it. As bad as it might look, you've got to remember this. This is something that I did not come up with. But several months ago, I was talking to Nikki, and uh, I don't know what the conversation was about. Somebody will, will help me out after church. But they were having a conversation and with Summer's husband, Jaleel, and he made a statement that, it, man, it, it has man, it, it has shot me to the moon and back. And his response was, and I don't know how, what it was. It was bleak, it was bad, whatever they were talking about. And he said this, he said, we've got to remember this. Heaven is next. And I want to tell everybody here, it's worth humbling yourself right now and doing whatever God has for you to do, being whatever, making, getting the requirements out of the way because heaven really is next. Heaven is next. Heaven is next. Did you hear that? Heaven is next. Heaven's the next big thing that's going to take place in some of your lives. Heaven is. So it, it, it's worth, don't get tied up in what's going on. Don't get tied up. Listen, Jesus, humility means sometimes not having no requirements. That's what humility means. Sometimes it, it, it means you're willing to leave, step out, but it, it means I don't have any requirements. No, I, I'm not, only thing I, the requirement I have is to have more of you, Jesus. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, if you will. Father, I love you, and I thank you today because God, there is absolutely no way that we can fulfill the mission that you have for us if we don't learn the value and the importance of humility, God. So I ask you, O oh Lord, to help me to see that really when I take the lowest seat, I'm really taking the highest seat, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would help me to see that there's not a requirement in this world, not one, not one requirement, God, that, that I can remove out of my life, Lord, that will not generate more blessing than I could ever imagine. I'm asking you, God, to help me see that today could be the first day of really the rest of my new life, my best life I've ever lived, Lord, and that's by humbling myself and removing requirements, Lord. I just want to please you. My work, my meat is to do your will and to finish the work. So God, help me to be mindful. And all that you do, I'll give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And I want to, I want to ask if there's anybody here that does not, know Jesus as your Savior today, 
and maybe a requirement is costing you eternity. Sin feels good and you like it, but sin will also be the thing that sends you to hell. And the Lord said that I can not only lift a heavy burden, and it may not be a burden to you, but He can wash it away. He can wipe away everything from sin to tears, and He can give you a brand new life. And it would be a shame to go through another Christmas this year and not have Jesus to do the best thing that could be done for you through anybody's life, and that's to adopt you and call you his own. If, if that's you and you're in this sanctuary, would you meet me at the altar? Because I want to pray with you right now that God would bring you into a family like no other. And if you're online and the Lord is not your Savior, all you have to do, I want you to pray with me because it's not God's will. You see, the whole point in Jesus leaving and coming and living the way he had to live and doing what he had to do was because of you. And if you don't want to die and go to a hell that is not intended for you, would you say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I know that my sin, Lord, is not what you desire for my life. You died to forgive me of that and to cleanse me from that. And God, today I repent of my sin. I denounce my way of thinking, my way of living. I want to live for you. I pray, God, right now that everything up until this moment will be irrelevant to me, Lord, and living the way you want me to live is the only thing that I embrace. If you'll pray that prayer, a prayer like that, and mean it from your heart, I'm telling you, your life will not be the same. Doesn't matter what it looks like, what people say or think about you. But Jesus will change your name. He will change your name and call you his child. God's desire is to save you. That's why Jesus left heaven. That's why he came with no requirement. And as people search their heart, I want to ask everyone else. I want you to say to yourself, do I have requirements? Do I have requirements? There are things that I just am not willing, I'm not willing to accept this yet. I'm not willing to go that far yet with the Lord. I'm not, the I'm not ready to surrender at that level. If that's you and you're struggling with that, would you meet me at the altar today? And don't be ashamed to walk and get help from the great physician, the person that wants to help you today. You know, requirements something that people like. We like them because we think God's okay with requirements. You know, the pastor that I refer to a lot in Charlotte where I went to, to school, he, he, made, he made a statement months ago, a month or two ago, or a reference that he's made a long time. And I really understand it. Following up from what I said about Jaleel and heaven is next. And I want you to think about this in, in terms of your requirements this morning, and that is this, folks that we spend so much time decorating and fixing up our motel room.
We spend so much time on this temporary life right here that's not permanent. It's not forever. You and I both could either die today or be raptured today if you're ready. And we need to count this life as null and void. I'm dead now. The only thing that's valuable about me is the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's the most valuable, impressive thing about me is I know Jesus. It's not the way I look. Give yourself a few years. You ain't going to look like that. So, folks, today, would you just say, Lord, I'm asking everybody now. I'm not just calling out people that might feel like this is for me or not. I'm, I'm asking everybody. Are, are you willing right now, today, Christmas, today, right now, are you willing to say, Lord, I'm, 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 I'm through with requirements and all this. I just want to do your will, Lord. My meat is to do your will. I don't have requirements, God. you got to do that, and then I'll do that. We do that, you know, a lot of times with monetary things. Well, Lord, if you will do this, then I will do it. You know, I've told you people are going to give us trillions of dollars, it seemed like, over the years. When they make it big or they hit it big and all that, and I said, well, God just like for you to be faithful right now with 10 bucks. You know, we, we make all these requirements. God's already met the only requirement you need to have, and that is I need a Savior to redeem me from sin. And he left everything to give you that. So, Lord, today I'm standing here because I just want to be the one requirement you have. And that is to fulfill your will, Lord. That's what I want to spend the remainder of my life. I don't want anything. I don't need anything, God. There's nothing I need to see or do or accomplish. I just want to make you happy and let people see that Jesus is still alive. And Lord, I want to clothe myself in humility. I don't care about me, Lord. It's you inside of me that's the most Blessed thing I could ever do for anybody, Lord. So help me to love people right now through Christmas going into the... Help me, Lord, to have a consistent love, to have a preferred love. God, if I get something, Lord, help me to have a mind. I don't even... I'm giving it away, Lord. I don't want this. God, help me to do this, and then we will see revival in our lives and in this church. And I pray, Lord, you let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight because you are our strength and our redeemer.